Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the lovely Michelle Blanchard, and I'm so excited to talk to her. We've been trying to connect for a little while now. And so before I get started, how are you today, Michelle? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm honored. I'm so excited to have you on. As I was saying a little bit before we started, is is you're someone that I have a great amount of respect for. We've had a lot of really good conversations. And that led me to a little bit of like anxiety before we before we started, which is which is so interesting. Um, anyhow. <laughs> well, it's uh, mutual because, you know, I've had a little bit of that too, right? Like, you know, the nerves jumping a little bit, but uh, I, I think we'll do great. I think so too. Um, and the thing that we were going to talk about, um, the timing was so cool because when we first started talking about you coming on, you were just starting a program for kind of renewing your life, I guess. What was the, I, what was the name of the program? So it was, a, it's a 28 day self-love challenge, Ooh, right? Yes. Yes. And so what that kind of means is basically, you know, we go along in our lives and we we just go and we do things. And then all of a sudden we have this point where we got to kind of check back in with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, over the course of my life, I've done a lot of check-ins, right? With a mm-hmm. lot of different tools, a lot of different trial and error things. But anyways, this one came up because, you know, when you kind of get at a lull, you're kind of feeling blah, things in your life just aren't going great. And then somebody comes along and they say, oh, well, you just need to learn to love yourself. Oh, yeah. The, a phrase that's meaningless on its own. Yes. <laughs> well, exactly. You're like, so what exactly does that mean? So it popped up, you know, on my Facebook that there was this self-love challenge. So I was like, what is that? I should go check that out. So I went and checked it. It's um, actually a, a, a lady called Teal Swan who is like a self-help guru type person. And so she put out this 28-day self-love challenge. There's a Facebook group. You sign up and you start the challenge. Okay, okay. So I decided to do it February 1st and sign up for it. Which is the perfect month for a 28-day month, yeah. Right. (laughs) And so, I mean, I'm still in the group, but like when I got into the group and started, there was 12,000 members. Now there's 15,000. Oh, wow. So, yeah, all over the world. And so you go in and everybody's kind of thinking, okay, so, you know, she's the, the administrator is going to give you daily challenges to do, but that's mm-hmm. not how it works. Oh, right. So how it, <laughs> how I would have expected daily challenges too. <laughs> right. And so people were kind of a little miffed. They're going in there and they're like, you know, so what's the challenge? What's, to, what's today's challenge? But the whole just of it really is what you do each day is as you go through your day and you run into situations where you have to make decisions, um, you know, things come up in life and you ask yourself, what would someone who loves themselves do? Oh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which, so then the other thing that you're, you're, they ask you to do is to also journal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you go across these things in a day that you journal them, you write down what you did, what it was. And then um, they also want you to post every day if you can, or, you know, do little videos and stuff. I yeah, accountability that, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't follow along and do that every single day, but, and I didn't journal every day, but I'll just kind of give you a recap of my first three days. Okay. 
So day one, basically, I kind of just went through a reflection of, you know, what I do in my life, um, you know, how I do things in my life, what's affected me in my life. And I decided, okay, what would someone who loves themselves do is I need to um, start focusing a little inner instead of focusing outer, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've always been somebody who is very helpful. I like to help other people. I like to be a part of the team, Mm -hmm. like to help other people grow. And in that, there's kind of that, what about me, right? So I decided it would be like a relight, a refuel, a learning to love myself, right? So that was my day one, was kind of a reflection thing. Yeah, just sort of figuring, engaging where you're at now so that you have something to go against later, yeah? Right, a beginning, you know, of of the challenge and what it was going to be for me. Day two, um... What I did is I took some joy in the little things. I looked at my space, right? In my home, like, you know, what Mm -hmm. kind of pictures do I have up? What do they mean to me? What does this say? You know, when they do that, that clutter challenge kind of thing. Oh, I love that. Right. Oh, I, I, I sometimes do that accidentally where I'll just like, I'll see something in my house and it makes me happy. And then I start looking around and I'm like, holy shit. All of these things make me happy, but doing that intentionally is really like, that's a really clever tool. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. No. And so then, yeah, you know, back to that, everybody was doing the feng shui challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Does this bring me joy, get rid of it, that sort of thing. So what I did find is there's a lot of things that are in my space that I totally love, right? Mm -hmm. So I went around and I kind of took pictures of these things and uh, some of them I created myself. Some of them were gifts, but these are things that make me happy. So I posted, this is what I did with my day and what would someone who loves themselves do? They would take a look at my space and my own personal creativity and and what around my place makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I'm wanting to do that now. Inventory (laughs) the joy in my house. Right. That was a good one. So then um, moving on to day three, it started to get a little tougher. So What happens is you're attached to this group and because there's so many people from all over the world Mm -hmm. going through so many things. Yep. Right. And so everybody has a different kind of take on, you know, what they're doing in their life and where they're at. And and some of them are very vulnerable and there's a lot of negativity and a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Especially because people are at different points in the challenge and yeah. Absolutely. So then, you know, you go through and and you're a support system for these people as well. So you are reading their comments, you know, in some cases, if something you've been through, then you will comment on it. If, you know, it's something that that you have an idea or a possible tool for them, you, you know, you converse back and forth. But in doing that sort of thing and reading all those comments, it can get a little heavy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so sometimes so taking a step your, back is the self-love, right? Well, yeah. So because you start to have your own personal triggers and be like, hey, like, you know, I feel like that too. Right. Is it, you know, is it affecting my life that much or am I ignoring that it's affecting my life? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, is that something I yeah, also need to address? That's a really interesting point is, is you start to sort of doubt the 
you know, like, oh, well, that happens to me, but it doesn't bother me. Does it really bother me? And then it, maybe it becomes a problem when it wouldn't have been and complicating things. That's a really interesting, sorry, that's a really interesting point. I don't mean to keep interrupting. I'm just really excited. Oh, no, I, I want to. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, it's great. And so then, you know, those triggers that are happening in you throughout the, the love challenge, you know, you are actually having, being forced a little bit to address these things within yourself as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And figure out, you know, like, you know, so what would someone who loves themselves do? So on day three, which I called my trigger day, because <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, right. Like I didn't, you know, yeet, this stuff is kind of like a little bit overwhelming for me right now, mm-hmm. reading some of these stories and, you know, also having compassion, empathy and understanding of what so many people are going through. Right. Mm-hmm. And just, especially with COVID happening as well in the isolation that has you know, overtaking our lives, right? So what I did as, you know, one of the things I journaled was, okay, so this is what someone, you know, who loves themselves would do is I would find myself some pacifiers and it was a sunny day. So, you know, I turned some music on, I cleaned my house and then I went for a walk and I was like, hey, it's okay, I'm safe, right? Ah, that's perfect. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. (laughs) Right, so... And I think too, a lot of it is, you know, in life, you, the relationship that you start to build with yourself throughout this challenge is the, is the big deal, Mm -hmm. right? Because we spend a lot of time building relationships with other people, Mm -hmm. but then we get to a point of where I need to learn how to be my own best friend. Yes. I agree with that fully is, is I, I fall into the trap just like anyone of like, you know, I'm surrounded by validation in life in different forms, you know, maybe not surrounded, that makes it sound like I have extra, but, um, you know, there's validation (laughs) and stuff. And then you almost start to forget that that's actually your job and they're just supplementing you in in different ways, you know, and that that's, that's extra. right? Right. And so then what happens is when, you know, one of your sources of validation is having a bad day and they're not validating you. I'm like, all of a sudden, like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no. And it's so You're easy not. to slip into that and forget. And then, and I mean, I, I obviously know that I'm not a piece of shit, but that goes through my mind. And then that for me is a trigger to go, oh, whoa, hey, you have not been being self-compassionate, being, you know, self-loving. Right. You know, you've been leaning in. And it's 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 an interesting thing for me, at least. Um but you get protection from that if you just like think you're a piece, you're not a piece of shit. I don't mean to keep using the terms, but <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if you, if you love yourself with, without that external validation, then, then you don't actually need everybody to be perfect all the time for you to be happy. Right. Because you can just handle being with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the big challenge I think in life is, building that relationship with yourself. So at some point you feel safe in your own frame. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the only thing that matters. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. Because as long as you are safe with who you are within yourself, other things are not going to rattle you so much. Well, that's exactly it is, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're comfortable with who you are and where you're at and someone comes at you in whatever way, like, uh, <clears throat> just an example that's been relevant in my life recently is some of my boyfriend's friends use 
tactics that I don't necessarily enjoy to try and convince us to, to spend more time than we actually have um, going and hanging out and stuff. And they're part of our circle. So it's like COVID fine. COVID wise, it's fine. Right. But it's like, we just have very limited time. And sometimes, you know, I get really, really frustrated, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm able to assert myself. I'm able to take care of myself without blowing up their friendships or whatever, because yeah. even if they're being what I feel is invalidating, I, I don't need, I don't need their validation, you know, mm-hmm. they, me and then my family unit, like that's going to be the priority no matter what. But I also, like I said, I'm not interested in destroying the friendship. So where do you, you know, how do you deal with that? Well, I think the only way to deal with that is just know where your boundaries are and love yourself enough to hold them. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Boundaries have come up a lot for me, right? Because I'm kind of one of those that you know, I, I have a tendency to have a sunny disposition, mm-hmm. be positive. So then it kind of plays havoc when you are trying to set boundaries. It feels yucky. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> it feels like you're being selfish mm-hmm. or, you know, you're being resistant or you're being, you know, you're just not being your You're being contrary. You're just not being cooperative. Right. Yeah. And it, it feels kind of, you know, it's important to be able to do that. Um, and so therefore that's where the, you know, building the best relationship with yourself and being your own best friend comes in and building that safety net within yourself, because mm-hmm. then it's like, no, I, I don't want to do that today. So I'm not going to do that today. Well, right? and I think that the example of being your own best friend is a really good one because whether it's best friend or, you know, in your case, you know, your son or someone that you care very, very much about, it's it's a lot easier for me to push back when someone's crossing, you know, say Kylie's boundaries or like another friend or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. someone I love's boundaries. It's a lot easier for me to like step in and try and protect them Mm -hmm. than it is for my own self. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why that is such a good analogy is like treat you how you would want someone to treat your best friend, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, and then it sort of starts to make sense and you're like, Oh, Hey, that's actually not selfish. That's actually like, if anything, it's less selfish because there's not going to be a big blow up and everyone's not going to be miserable later. You know? Yeah. And the other thing too, is when you're, you know, uh, thinking about the friendship thing and, you know, when, if, if somebody's not being so nice to themselves and not so kind, mm-hmm. it, would you do that to your, your friend? Exactly. You know, would you tell your friend she doesn't look very good today or she's acting like an asshole or, you know, things like that? Like, you, and th- that's the way you have to begin to talk to yourself as well. Yeah. You know? Be kind and compassionate and understanding, and, you know, and, in your own self. Yeah, like, and 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 gentle, you know. I think mm. for me, at least, one of the biggest things is gentleness. Like, you got an example of how my inner dialogue is not generally gentle when it's not loving. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's I I I'm, it's pretty harsh. Um, and so, like, you know, there are times where, you know, like you said, you don't tell your friend you're being an asshole. Well, there are times where if my brother's being a total asshole, I might tell him that, but I'm not, I mean, you've met B. Well, I might tell him too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's you've, being kind in that case. Yeah. Um, that you, <laughs> you've met B. So, so me telling B he's being an asshole and just say like, you're being a fucking asshole. That's just going to lead to a lot of yelling and a lot of frustration. So if I'm saying that, you know, like the only way for that to actually work is for me to be like, 
you know, B, I don't think you're really realizing how you're coming across or something to that effect a lot gentler. And he's actually going to be able to hear that. The same is true of me. If I am being an asshole, if I do recognize I'm doing something I don't agree with, then yeah, I can tell myself, but telling myself I'm a piece of shit or telling myself I'm an asshole isn't the way. That's not the way, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to like really hear it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then just, you know, within this challenge going along and and going through these situations and everything and asking and and I've kind of used it like I've told my friends to, you know, in my group about it. And so then sometimes they've thrown it back on me and they'd be like, well, what would someone who loves themselves do? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, "Okay, okay, right. I have such a love hate relationship (laughs) when people do that. I uh recently someone said to me they were like language is fluid Kara and that's something I say all the time and I was like yeah yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) and like a part of me is like beaming with pride like they listen to me another part of me is like oh yeah (laughs) awesome but it has helped me in lots of ways to dig a little bit deeper within me and try and figure out what is my authentic self? You know, Mm -hmm. what are my specific morals, values? You know, where is my integrity? And how do I live authentically Mm -hmm. all the time? Right? Yeah. And and so like, at what point in the challenge do you think that you started to, and and maybe maybe this didn't happen at all, just, uh, but you started to sort of fall into it as a pattern, as a habit? At what point was it no longer you having to consciously think what would someone who loved themselves do? And sort of just kind of, that's the first thing you think. Well, that's a good question. Um, I think that probably about, you know, around that 20 day mark, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes 21 days to to implement a new habit Mm -hmm. or, you know, change something like. um, So I did start to do different things. So it kind of became more natural to do those things, but I'm still in the group and I'm still <laughs> going back to it on a regular basis, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's just, I don't know, one of those things that once you start doing it, it, it definitely helps you get through a day, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I mean, mental wellness is always going to need maintenance. It's always like, it's never one and done. So. Oh, we're always growing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Always learning, yes. Yeah, I always uh, I I drew this picture once and it was just like a flower or something and it said just growing through something right now. Um, <laughs> I thought it was so clever at the time and then I started seeing it all over the internet and I thought oh I guess it's not that clever. Um, <laughs> um, but it's yeah it's it's basically as simple as that is that we're we're always going to be learning and I mean when you talk about you know the. I, we call it an identity micro crisis. Um, I'm also having that, and it's it, the crisis is the wrong word, but an exploration of the the psyche and and all of that, where it's like, who am I and where I, where do I stand? Like, man, is that an important but exhausting process? Mm-hmm. It like, will. It, it is right. It's it's kind of it's never ending. Yeah, you know, and it's it's amazing how much we don't know about what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. And things are, you know, other factors are forever changing as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then we get to a point too where we change our mind about something. We, you know, have a different feeling about how we felt before about something. 
you know, being really like raised, you know, in religion Mm -hmm. has been a battle for me. I know you don't like to, you know, talk (laughs) a lot about politics or religion, but um, they're pretty, pretty valid, um, you know, trauma sources, you know, (laughs) internal childhood trauma type areas. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, right. when I when I uh, when I mentioned not wanting to talk about religion and politics, really, the only thing that I try to avoid, I don't mind talking about religious trauma. I have much much of my own. Um, it's it's mostly I don't want anyone trying to uh, convert anyone on my podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I I really believe in autonomy and you know freedom of of choice and freedom to understand it how we want. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I relate to the. Religious, religious trauma very much, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. And listening to your, you know, your previous podcast, the Finding Julia. Yeah. I listened to that and, you know, she went through a bunch of that. And one of the hard things for me is, well, I mean, it wasn't like, like my mom, my parents weren't super religious, but there was a lot of religion around us and other mm-hmm. family members and that. And so there was a real... Um, reluctance to allow anyone to explore self-help type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was always, you're just supposed to, you know, God's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible tells you everything you need to know. You're insulting God if you look for help elsewhere, et cetera, et cetera. And it was considered, you know, any kind of meditation, you know, doing yoga, any kind of self-help was all considered occult. And, you know, you're going to end up you know, in the middle of nowhere at some, you know, flop house and, you know, <laughs> you know, with one husband and, you know, 18 sister wives and 40 <laughs> children, right? Like, Well, yeah, like I remember um, for, for me growing up, we always wanted to do uh, like karate and martial arts and stuff. And it's worth noting that this is small town karate taught by a white guy. Right. You know, and we weren't allowed to take any kind of martial art, regardless of how much of a spiritual element it had, because it was considered to be occult. It was considered to be right. you know, backwards, which is ironic because my dad's like a black belt or something, you know, like, <laughs> he, you know, but that's different because it was before he knew the Lord. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, and and that's that's such a uh, that's such a huge and good topic is just the the pulling apart the pieces of what we think we know, like we're basically given this, this photograph and we're told that this is the whole world or mm-hmm. maybe a photograph is a bad example, but we're given this, this image and this is the whole world. And you start looking closer and, and so much of it is random constructs. Like for me personally, one of the things that I find really challenging is the idea of principles, right? <clears throat> I believe in having principles, but I, I think that for me, at least they should be, somewhat flexible because things are almost never neat and fit right. into a box like I so different <clears throat> for every individual well right? that's exactly it and and like one of the things that like um I was raised to believe a lot of people are is the whole um victim thing so for example or I'll explain what I mean by victim thing <laughs> um uh so not that long ago uh, I got a speeding ticket cop ran in front of my car literally ran in front of my car when I was going 20 kilometers over the speed limit, Um, which was not ideal. I shouldn't have been speeding. That's fair. He really, really shouldn't have run in front of my car either. Um, Didn't hit him. Thankfully, my brakes worked. But uh, I (laughs) I was talking to my dad and my dad was insisting that I had to try and get this cop into court and 
and like, I don't know, not sue him, but bring it to justice so that he couldn't do that to other people. And his insistence was that it was my responsibility to prevent this cop from doing bad things to other people. And I understand that principle. It's something I was raised with. My dad always used to say evil prospers when good men do nothing. And, and this, this whole concept, but as I, as I'm talking to my dad, I realized that like, um, from my point of view, fuck no, like <laughs> hell no, I do not think it's the responsibility of a victim to bring their perpetrators to justice, especially if that's going to cost the victim even further. Right. I and agree. so that's just yeah. an example of a principle where it made sense on the surface when you don't examine it too quickly, it makes right. sense. And then you start pulling it apart and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second, that's nonsense, you know, and right. my entire life was built on these different yeah. weird principles that are meaningless when they're examined. Right. So in, in, in that story, you could ask yourself, so what would someone who loves themselves do, right? They would give themselves the freedom to make the choice whether they want to do that or not do that mm -hmm. or whatever is allowing their internal safety net to stay intact. Well, right. and I think that that's exactly the point is that if if we approach situations with principles secondary to our actual needs and the needs of other humans, you know, but putting our own needs primary, then I think that we'll find that a lot of people are happier. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people are more content, you know, when when you give yourself permission to love yourself as much as you love other people. Mm -hmm. It's really where the magic happens. Right. Exactly. And then in making that choice. So something else that I, I learned over the course of this challenge mm -hmm. um, is that it's really, really one of the things that's the most important for me is letting go of the attachment of the outcome of a situation. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Control. Yes. Right? Well, yes, which, you know, by having the attachment to the outcome of that situation, you are, it, it presents as manipulation and control. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's the worst kind because you don't actually have any control. Right? So, <laughs> so like you're giving yourself this misconception of this attachment to nothing. Yeah, that that's... Uh, that absolutely makes sense to me. I uh, I have struggled with that for a long time. Um, as far as like like unaware, struggled with it for a long time, where it's like, well, I did this, so this should have happened. I did that, so this should have happened, or they did this, so oh. that should have happened. Right. And and going, I'll just be happy if, I'll just be happy if, I'll just right. be okay if, and yeah. as much as that's like nice in theory like we don't we don't have like those kinds of like harry potter magical powers to, to no. bring things to fruition like we want them to no so, learning power, to be, yeah oh sorry i was gonna say learning to be comfortable in a neutrality of outcome is, is absolutely that's yeah. where the real magic is <laughs> because we actually you know in in putting a expectation on the outcome of a situation or a relationship or whatever it is, mm -hmm. we actually can create a resistance yep. and put a wall up as, you know, in and in getting it to, to go the way we want it to, right? It's like a stray dog situation. 
you know, if you're chasing that stray dog down the street, you know, and you just go at him, he takes off. Yep. Right. And so when you're, you're pushing and you're pushing and you're trying to manipulate and control, that's when the stray dog bolts, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be gentle, you have to be comforting and you have to just let it happen organically. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and finding like finding a way, I mean, for me, oh, this, this particular part of the, the concept is, is so there's so many layers to it. Cause Absolutely. like, to me, it's like trying to approach it, not necessarily just with like neutrality, like there's no outcome that would be better than the other. So much is like, there's no version of this that I won't be able to deal with because whatever version happens is what I'll have to deal with. Right. You know? And sort of like, instead of like, oh gosh, this is so hard to explain. <laughs> um, but like, instead of can, you know, there's, there's wanting to control the outcome and then there's trying not to control the outcome, trying to control yourself from trying to control the outcome. Right. And, and then there's letting go. You know, and, and trusting that your future self will do what they need to do. You know, I think, I think a big part of self-love is self-trust, you know, Mm -hmm. trusting, trusting that your future self can handle the consequences of whatever is going to happen, you know, which are usually not nearly as dire as we catastrophize them to anyways. (laughs) You know, if I don't catch this dog, then it's over is usually not the case. It's if I don't catch this dog now, he'll come back in an hour and everything will be fine. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it also, you know, it goes back to, again, you know, being your own best friend Mm -hmm. and telling yourself in your mind that, you know, no matter what the outcome of this situation is, I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like the friend that I need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, the, the interesting thing to me is trust and trust gets so complicated when it comes to the self you know, Mm -hmm. self-love and trust. I mean, especially people who have been through trauma or abuse, any kind of gaslighting, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It it gets a little bit more complicated, but I think that it's a worthwhile endeavor to re, re, uh, I want to say reattach, but like reunite, that's the word I wanted, reunite with our intuition and Mm -hmm. learning to listen to ourselves and learning to trust ourselves and knowing that trust doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect every time. You know, no. trust means that you're going to do your best and, and hopefully it'll be good most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of like that old saying, you know, to thine own self be true. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. Like, and and like I said, for me, it's a huge player because like I, I find, you know, I did that. I, I was in a psychologically abusive relationship uh, back in Coquitlam, whatever. Mm-hmm. My point is though, that he would gaslight me a lot. He would, he would, he would question every, everything I said. And, and so when I first got out of it and I'm getting better all the time, but when I first got out of it, every time I had like an intuitive feeling or thought, I would start questioning if I was just being crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and learning to undo that was such a huge piece in learning to, to love myself. And I mean, I'm still on the journey as is anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, sorry, I got, I got excited because I was like, Oh, oh yeah, this is something, <laughs> something so huge. Yeah, it is huge. I mean, no, that's, that's just you, you know, your, your self talk again, your self relationship, right? You have to keep going back there. And, you know, when somebody is gaslighting you and, you know, they're saying, well, well, you're just selfish, right? You need to be able to go have that conversation with yourself in your own mind and be like, am I selfish though? 
Like, Mm -hmm. do I believe that? Honestly believe that, right? Like, and, you know, pulling examples from, you know, how you've behaved previously in life and, you know, having that conversation with yourself and being like, no, no, I'm not going to let you away with just telling me that's who I am and what Mm -hmm. I'm like, because I know different, right? Because I'm in a relationship with myself and and I'm and I know me honest right I know (laughs) me so no you're 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 on the wrong track buddy like well and and I mean even with that example one thing that comes to mind too is is selfish always a bad thing you know like they tell you to put on your own your own mask first and stuff like that but one of the things you just said with the pulling examples for me one of the tricks that I've found is because like you know um a memories are tied to emotions, right? Like the stronger the emotion, the easier it is to recall something. So what I try to do when I think of it and have time and, you know, I mean, these tools you use as as you go along in little bits is I try to make sure that I call, I recall memories that made me feel safe, made me feel comfortable, made me feel loved. And I just try to like really, really feel the way I felt in that moment, you know, whatever it is, you know, like whether it's, you know, Caldi offering to help me or, you know, uh, the Springs allowing me to live in their place when they did for that short period or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. the more recent, the better, because it's mm-hmm. stronger proof. Yeah. And I sit there and I meditate on the feelings that came with that so that when I'm in those tough moments, those memories are readily available and not buried by all the the heavy um, like the heavy negative emotion memories. Right. If that yeah, makes sense. You, you, you go where you, back to where you were safe and when you felt safe and, you know, and use that to get through this now, right? Well, and I use that to, to balance out that, that can I trust this thing too? You know, mm-hmm. if someone says I'm selfish and before it would just be like, I try to, I try to call on examples to see if it's true or not. And it would just be so many negative <laughs> examples and examples of where I wasn't trustworthy or whatever thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I said, by meditating on the good, it sort of evens the score so that now when I have to do that and I have to go, oh, am I selfish? I kind of mm-hmm. get a mixture of the good mm-hmm. and the bad, you right. know? Well, that's good. And then, I mean, because you need to get to the real part of it, right? Mm-hmm. The real inner, you know, who am I thing, right? Am yeah. I, you know, am I just a selfish asshole? No. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so then there was one other thing that, that I have learned here in this a little bit, and this can kind of go along with you and your podcast as well, right? And being who you are and what you do. So, one of the things was learning to um, do things because it's who you want to be, not because of who you want others to be. Oh, so right? you mean, so when you are going through your thing and you're, you know, you're doing your passions, you're, you're you know, you're doing things that you love, you're building a better relationship with yourself. When I go do things, I want to go do things because I want to go do them Mm -hmm. and what the effect is of how those other people react to it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. I'm doing it because that's what I want to do. And I'm creating the person that I want to be and I'm focused and I'm working on who I want to be, not who I want other people to be. Yes. Okay. So basically acting out of your own needs, not your project projection of what other people might need. Right. 
So when I'm going to do things, it's not, I'm not just going to, um, you know, go like, say, if I'm going to run a podcast, I'm not going to just do that because I want to reach out and help other people. I'm going to do that podcast and I'm going to put into it um, why or who I want to be and how I'm creating more of myself Mm -hmm. right within doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? I think I do. I think I do. Um, So like for, for my podcast, for example, I've done, um, there's a few reasons that I do the podcast and, and, uh, and they, they uh, switch around in, in how much of why, what, so when I'm going through like a difficult time and, and, you know, you get demotivated and stuff, then absolutely I lean into, you know, other people find it helpful. But there, mm. there's another mm. piece. Um, I had a friend who in 2015, he passed away. And unfortunately, there was not a lot of evidence of him ever having been here besides the impact that he made on people. But there wasn't a lot of photographs, wasn't a lot of, a lot of that stuff. And so when you say multiplying yourself, that really resonates with me because I feel like every time I create whatever it is, whether it's drawings or, or podcasts or whatever, I feel like I am imprinting a little bit more of myself, you know, not like, it's not the same thing as like immortality or it, and legacy seems like the wrong word too, but I, I feel, I do it because it makes me feel more comfortable. Right. The, because the people, this is, because this is the person you want to be. This is the person you want to become. Right. And mm-hmm. on self, you know that Britney Spears song that is like, um, um, what makes me happy sets you free. Oh, what a girl wants, you know? And so that one line in the song, when she says, whatever makes me happy sets you free. Mm -hmm. I love that, that line in that song, because that's kind of, you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, I'm just going to go along in my life and be the best person I can be and do things because I want to do them and how I do them and love what I do and follow my passion. And hopefully it resonates with some of you. Well, exactly, exactly. And that's kind of that third piece. So there's that legacy piece. So I feel it makes me feel safe. But that third Mm -hmm. piece is just paving my own path and doing something. And, you know, like, it's great that, that, you know, people see the example or whatever, and and, and that it it affects people in, in that way, if that's what they're looking for. But it's, it's about being unabashedly and unashamedly me. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my ad, but that is the most Kara thing you'll ever see in the world. It has a little <laughs> heart, heart butt. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, it's silly. Super cute. Yeah, I like your ad. yeah, it's super cute. Super you. You're super cute. So. It's, it's the Kara thing. And so, um, and, and like a part of me was like, I shouldn't post this. This is too silly. It's too weird. And and then I was like, you know what though? Like who fucking cares? You know, like what's the worst that happens is people judge me. Those people were already going to judge me. You know, Absolutely. I just needed to do one thing for them yeah. to judge me. So like, what does that, what does that matter? Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, yeah. and, and then the people that like it, like it, you know? So it's kind of cool. But the cool thing is that it's, it's an expression of, you know, me and my humor and my animations. And it's, it's kind of a, a whole little energy package of, of Kara in -hmm. 30 seconds. Awesome. Just (laughs) putting it out there as who you want to be, right. And who you are. 
Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's just so valuable. And I know like one of the things that's really hard and we touched on in the beginning is when people say you just have to love yourself. Mm-hmm. It, what does that mean? It's so right? empty. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's even worse, I think the thing that makes makes me, one of the phrases that makes me most angry on this planet is when people say you can't love someone else until you love yourself. Bullshit. That's bullshit. You might not be able to love them as well or as consistently, but you can absolutely love other people when you don't love yourself. But loving mm-hmm. yourself is a process. You know, it's not a thing you can just turn on. So like, that's okay if you're not there yet, you know? Yeah. And, and, and diving in, and this challenge sounds incredible. Can you repeat the name of the, the lady? Uh, Teal Swan. Teal Swan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I don't, I've listened to some of her meditations and some of her stuff. And honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of her, but fair. I'm really a fan of her challenge and the group. Yeah. And, created. And, and creating right. a place for people to get started, I think, I think is a really big thing. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. Um, and then I've I've gone into other things too, like within it, when I had those triggers and that, I was like, what else am I going to do? Oh, I better start doing some meditation. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So I've done a lot of meditation. Within the group, there was actually a, a meditation master. Oh. And he, would, he would, from time to time, he would do um, live meditations. Oh, that's fun. Well, I know. So I did my first live meditation in this group, right? Where there's, you know, 12 of us from who knows where, yeah. just all tuned in doing the meditation. And, and that was pretty awesome. And now I'm doing another, I'm doing a 21 day, um, uh, there's another guy named Aaron Doughty. Okay. Um, or Doughty, I guess it is. And he's really great. He's super funny. You should totally check him out. Um, but I'm doing a 21 day, um, it's uh, creating the best version of you oh. kind of meditation. And I do it basically every morning. It's okay. 15 minutes. And 15 minutes, that. that's not bad. Yeah. And then, um, and he just, you know, he does a little, you know, takes you to a beach and you relax and you just, you know, oh. go look at a, a, a new, new, better version of you. Right. Oh, that's such a cool idea for a meditation. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, cause I already, I, I really love the, um, sort of happy place meditations to start with, mm-hmm. but like going and observing a, a version of yourself. That's, oh, that's such a cool idea. And it was Aaron yeah. Doughty or Dottie. Um, D-O-U-G-H-T-Y, I think it is. Oh, okay. Okay. Very yeah. like, like Irish or Scottish or something. Yeah. So uh, and he's <laughs> re- really fun and his energy is really great. I would recommend watching him. Well, that sounds incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Before we, before we play a game here, do you mm-hmm. have anything else you'd like to add, recommend, or do you have, you know, any, anything you want to share, plug? I don't know. Anything. Um, no, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, I think it's just been great to chit chat with you and talk about some self love. And I think, you know, your, your listeners can walk away with saying, well, what would someone who loves themselves do, right? Like, exactly. What would day, someone who loves themselves do? You know, give it a try. Uh, you know, many challenges throughout the day and see where it takes you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Worst case scenario, you feel mean? a little silly. Best case scenario, it changes your life. Yeah. <laughs> totally. All right. So we are going to do guessing um, from, uh, it's a, uh, New Zealand. It says Kiwi. So I was like, what's the name of the country? Um, <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand slang. And it is from ktiaki.co.nz. So if I get these wrong, 
it's their fault, not mine. And if I pronounce them wrong, that's definitely my fault, but I can't help it. So, uh, what is a dairy? Hmm. I don't know. I was thinking dairy air, but that's a but. <laughs> that can't be it. So a dairy. Um, I I have no idea. A dare. It's like a, a a general store, like a small grocery store. So they sell newspapers, oh. milk, bread. Okay. Okay. Um, They're going to the dairy to pick up some bread. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, munted hmm. when someone is munted I don't know to like shut up like they're they're quiet and they're... See, that's what I would think too I, I bet you do the same thing I do where you see words in your head because um, my brain is like that's so close to muted um, yeah, right? <laughs> it's when someone is really broken or high um, or intoxicated Oh, so okay. that's cool. What was well, the word again? Munted? Munted. Munted. Okay. Yeah, like muted with an N in it. Yeah, okay. Um, chur. C-H-U-R. Chur. Hmm. Chur. I don't know. I'm pretty stumped by that one. <laughs> it means thanks. It means thanks. So we'll do two more. So don't worry. Um <laughs> I'm getting any of these clearly. Uh, okay, wop wops. <laughs> um, well, it's it's not anything to do with it. I don't know. A smack upside the head, I guess. <laughs> it means literally in the middle of nowhere. So, like we would say, the boonies. Okay. So they say the wop wops, and then the last one is. Tiki tour. Um, I don't know, like um, um, go to the bar. No, it's the the what do we call it? Oh my gosh, going the long way scenic route means like oh, the scenic okay. route. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh my god, I forgot the term we use. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle, thank you so so much for joining me. This was the most fun, and I'm very excited. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. And to my audience, I love you. Bye.